about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Hello everybody, welcome to episode 307, that is 3, it's 0, it's 7, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast Deadline Day Special Oh, it's, uh, what time are we on at the moment? It's 9.08 I'm tired, the person who I can't see but can hear hopefully very very soon I'm sure is exhausted. Please come in. Wolverhampton Wanderers reporter of the Express and Star, Mr. Liam Keen. I can barely keep my eyes open, mate. Gone. Head's gone. Well, I mean, like you say, I mean, me and you, me and you both, because nothing's bloody going on. Nothing (laughs) is happening. Um, First day back. First day back. Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, from from a lovely holiday. To be honest, I was just I was just thinking, Keno, you know about you know your time off and and look, you need to have it. You you work bloody hard, and I was going back, and you've how how long was it now? How many days? Seven or eight days? Six days? It wasn't long. Um, that's a very good question. It was, it was yeah, seven, I think. So seven, seven days, and to be fair, you couldn't have picked a better time to take it off because honestly. I'm really struggling. I'm scratching my brain to try and think of something that's happened off the top of my head. I mean, I'm just thinking now, um, apart from the stunning 1-0 winner at Everton, Sasha Kalajic's um, dream moment of the winner, um, his first home goal on Tuesday night, Fabio's first goal of the season, Doc's brace on his second debut, uh, three deputants... Um, in the second half, Nathan Fraser's dream moment, a record signing going on strike, a record signing going for a medical at Manchester City, the Premier League champions, a deal agree with the Manchester City starlet, an £8.5 million centre-back signing, Chiquinho recalled, a Paraguayan forward signed for £5 million. I don't think you've missed much. It's been a quite weak week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you love to see it, don't you? You really do. Oh, oh my God. Um, look, mate, all I say is it's great, it's great to have you back and thank God you're here for deadline day because it's more of the same. But but first of all, look, we're, 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 all, we're both a bit delirious at this moment in time. Um, well, we're on coffee and caffeine and not a lot of food, but it's all good. It's part of the fun that is deadline day. Now, we're recording this, Liam, at 9, 11pm. That's not what we're going to publish it at. Whatever I publish at, you will win the kettle and toast, I will let you know. But we're 9, 11, so obviously we're in the middle, well, not the middle, towards the end of deadline day. Um, there's still a signing, st- signing still to take place. You're probably going to be hearing a lot of buzzing going on and clicking and all sorts with your phone, my phone. We thought we'd bring you into deadline day and things could go awry, things could go wrong, there could be breaking news. But we want you to do this now and hopefully put it out at around 11 o'clock. And then if things go to SHIT by then, then I might have to re-edit this. But I'm, I'm pleased that we're doing it now, mate. I'm pleased that we're doing it now because I don't think I could last doing this at half 11 at night until one in the morning. I just couldn't, mate. I couldn't. So I'm pleased that you're with me for it. Um, but yeah, how was your how was your trip? How was, how, was your, how was your time off, mate? Where did you go? What did you do before we get into the, the nitty gritty? 
No, it was very nice. Um, myself, Rosie, and then members of her family, we all went up to Edinburgh. Beautiful Lovely. city. Have you ever been to Edinburgh? I, I am. I've been a couple of times. Do you know, a lot of my family don't like it. They think it's a bit grim and a bit dour <laughs> and a bit boring and maybe the people are a little bit meh. But oh, I wow. actually... I actually think it's a great place and around the castle, walking around there, I could walk around there all day and all the little streets and the side streets and I think it's I think it's a great place. I, I would I won't never live there, but I think it's a nice place to visit. Yeah, I think it's lovely. I think it's a great city. It's I mean, been once before. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not the cheapest. It's not I think it's terrible, but it's not the mm. cheapest. Rose and I have been once before a few years back, but we went and we were able to do a few extra touristy bits that we hadn't done the first time. Um, we had a nice trek up Arthur's Seat, which I'm sure you know what that is. Yes. It's a big hill, basically. Um, <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, and as, the main as, reason... As far as hills go, it's, well, it's a decent yeah, hill. It was decent. Um, but the, the main reason we were there was to, to go catch the end of the, the Fringe Festival. So I'd, I'm a big comedy fan. I watch a lot of mm. stand-up shows. I've been to a lot of shows in, in, oh, in nice. person. But I'd never, I've never been and done the fringe, so it was a yeah first any time. Head, and any brilliant. acts that you enjoyed that you would uh, like to name check here? Um, I mean, I'll name one that you won't know, but some of the listeners might Go know. Yeah, a Scouse yeah. comedian called Adam Rowe, okay. um, getting quite big now with a podcast that I listen to. That they do. It's not as good as this podcast, obviously. I'm gonna but say, it's, crikey, it, but it's pretty decent. Um, so there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a few people listening to this that, that know who they are or know who he is rather, and, and, and their podcast. So he's, he's probably the biggest name we saw aside from, unfortunately. West Brom supporting Frank Skinner. Now he was very oh. good. Aside from his baggy links, he was very right. Good. Okay, um, that was still a down. going. Is he still doing the rounds? He's still going. He's sixty six and he's still is going. He? he was pretty good actually. Um, saying that, uh, saying that, talk about talk about old comedians. Sorry to, to cut you off, and I'll let you go on in a minute. At my gym, and he still goes to the gym. I mean, he walks. So, I mean, he, he walks very slowly. But he must be about ninety eight. Jasper Carrot. Remember Jasper Carrot? I do, yes. Golden Balls. That's a great show. Yes, yes, yes. Great Back in show. the day. A bit of daytime TV one. A quiz show, whatever it was. Um, yeah, so he's still there. But yeah, carry on. Sorry, mate. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they were probably the biggest names. Then it was just a load of sort of spontaneous, like, we'd just get up one day, go oh, out. Oh, you don't have to have a ticket before, do you? You can just rock in. Well, it depends on the size of the show. I mean, a lot of them do sell out, but we managed to book a couple that were like maybe... Well, there was one that we booked 10 minutes before it started. Mm. Um, I mean, there was literally 20 people in there. It was a wow. tiny, tiny venue, and it was really good. So like, sometimes you know, it's a bit risky because it could be terrible. But it Were there was... any bad ones? I can say, I want to hear about that, but were there any bad ones or one that's like, oh, this is awkward? You know when you feel awkward watching the person? So genuinely, I didn't see anything that I didn't enjoy, but there was okay. one... That I'm going to have to be very careful how I talk about it. I'll be honest with you. Why? Um, I don't because the last thing I want to do is offend anyone. Oh, okay, so go on. it was we, no, we, we got there the Thursday, last Thursday. Yeah. Um, got there like five-ish in the evening. Got into the apartment. You know, nice. Changed. Get yourself. It was out. It you and Rosie, was it? No, no. Family. Her dad, her sisters, her sisters' boyfriend. Oh. There was about six of us. It was yeah, really good. And dad oh, had wow. booked this absolutely beautiful Airbnb. It was brilliant. So. He paid, for it. he paid for it as well. So Obviously. Days. No, uh, no see-through showers and uh, two to a bed. <laughs> well, it was two to a bed. It was me and Rosie, but no, oh, right. no one else looked on the On the first night. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, she's downstairs, mate. Okay. okay. Um, wow. <laughs> downstairs I have. Mom, I'm 42. <laughs> so, um, we went out for a few beers and we, mm. we were like, oh, you know, should we? Try and see if there's a late show on. We've got some tickets available. Yeah. Um, we ended up in. The, I mean, one of her sisters booked here. We had no idea what it was. We went along, and it was a transgender woman comedian. She was yeah. very funny, very very yeah. good, very energetic. Yeah. Um, 
And for the final 10 minutes, it was an hour show, for the final 10 minutes of that hour, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> she um, she stripped off completely naked. No. <laughs> Mate. I'm not joking. You're kidding me. I'm being deadly serious. I mean, it was... What were people's of, reaction? It was part of the act. I mean, I think the vast majority of people in there knew that it was coming. Um, oh, Okay. You obviously didn't. <laughs> by, by that, I meant like I knew that it was going to happen. I know, I know. I, was, <laughs> I thought about making that, that gag, and I thought, I'm not sure what I can, to be honest. That, well, I just did. Happy days. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, the, there was actually a bloke sat in front of me that must have knew, must have known it was coming, because as she walked off to, to go strip off as yeah. part of this joke, he got up... Yeah. Left and didn't come back for the final ten minutes. So you must have oh, known really? okay. it was coming. Right, um, I okay. should have seen that as a as a bit of a red flag. So look, I I still you know the show was brilliant. He must be wrong. a regular to was... that show then. <laughs> yeah, he's been there before. <laughs> was, um, there, was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? But it was um it was slightly uncomfortable. You know, sat mm. next to Rosie's dad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You always get uncomfortable when you're next to the parents, don't you? I mean, yeah. whatever happens, you you're sweating. You feel very warm inside. You, you want the you want the room to swallow you up. Absolutely. And um, but yeah, that was that was the only uh, hairy moment, if you excuse the pun. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is funny than the stand-up show. I know, I'm good at that. Oh um, my but other god! Than that, it was have, all, you got, um... have you got these written down? Have you? Uh, mate, I got straight, straight off the top of the dome. Unbelievable stuff. <laughs> the dome, stop it! <laughs> We're not bloody twenty-one here. Crikey! Um... Oh, superb, mate! That's 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 a that's a lot of fun. I was going to say, um, a lot of London trips are us coming up, and um, we'll have to go to because obviously I like a bit of stand up as well. Um, maybe a little bit more um, headlinery than the ones you've seen, but we'll have to go to uh, maybe don't mind going to like the comedy store at Leicester Square. There's a couple of good comedy clubs there. Do a bit of stand stand up, oh, maybe I would, a bit of improv. I'd be so down for that. I'd love Let's to go do watch that. Hundred percent. That. That'd be a great great shout from you. I can show you a couple of places afterwards as well, mate. But um, that's for that's for X-rated podcasts. Uh, wow. we're, we're at nine eighteen. We're not at one one eighteen. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Right, okay. Deadline day. Ten minutes in. Crikey, deadline day. People are furious. People have walked out of our podcast, mate. They've, they've, they've turned off. They've turned off. They've turned in for a deadline day special. Ten minutes, eighteen seconds in. Right, okay. Um, serious stuff. Look, there's been a plethora of signings. If you told me this, Kino, not even a month ago, two weeks ago, I don't think anyone would have believed you. But, and of course, you know, this is because of Matthias Nunes, a lot of these 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 deals. But maybe just recap what's in um, before we go to WhatsApp. What's in? Who, who's come in? What's the situation as we s- talk here at 20 past nine on September the 1st, about an hour and 40 minutes to go until, until the... T- Deadline day closes. Of course, Wolves waiting for one, but um, it's it's pretty pretty chaotic. Pretty chaotic forty eight hours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I don't think all of it should be a surprise because I've still on here. Like my gut still tells me that Wolves will you know get one or two in. But obviously, and we'll come on to this a bit later. But obviously, the Nunes deal has, has allowed them to you know get a few more in than they were expecting. Um, but yeah, it, it all moved very quickly, and um, and Man City's interest in Nunes should be no surprise really because we knew that they were big fans of him. Um, even before we came to Wolves, and um, and that sort of kick started it all, um, kicking off with, and I've got to make sure I, I don't say Fernandez and it's actually Gonzalez. In my mind, I keep wanting to say Enzo Fernandez, mm. Enzo 
Gonzalez. Yeah, <laughs> Paraguayan correct. winger. Um, five million, 18-year-old. I think um, it's one that holds a lot of promise, but one that is, in the short term, not going to offer up a lot, I would suggest. Um, now, I, I you know, would love to be wrong, of course, um, but it feels to me like it's very much a, you know, give him a few weeks to a couple of months to get ready for the Premier League. You know, mm-hmm. might, It wouldn't surprise me if he plays maybe in the um, EFL Cup for the 21s maybe in, in the next few weeks. Um, gets a couple of sub-appearances here and there. But I think you're going to um, see the best of him in the long term. Um, and that's probably why they've given him a six-year contract with a year option. Um, but yeah, it's. It, look, I've spoken before about Wolves wanting to follow the Brighton mould and there's other clubs as well that, that do a similar have a similar setup and style. And um, and Wolves have been working on different avenues of bringing players in, whether it's mm-hmm. in France, whether it's in South America, whether it's in America, China, wherever it might be. And he is the next, following obviously Jao Gomez coming from Brazil in, in January, the next South American to come through the door. And, um, and look, I know there's been a lot of comparisons because of the age and, and nationality, but if he can be anything close to what... Julia and Ciso has been like for Brighton over the past year or so. I mean, Wolves are going to have one hell of a player on their hands. So it's going to take time, you know, be patient with him. Um, but any sort of impact early on would be probably more than what we, we'd expect. And long term, hopefully, be uh, well worth that five million. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully stays fit and like on Ciso is out till, out till January. But well, that as well. He looks, he, he, it's definitely an exciting move for Wolves. Now, I think he can play. He can play in a variety of positions, can't he, up front? But someone who, like you say, is going to add a little bit. And I think a lot of people, when when they first signed him and they looked at him, think, oh, well, he's going to get loaned to Grasshoppers or he's going to go straight into the 21s. But that's not the case, is it? No, no, no. I mean, Matt Hobbs has made it very clear in, in his um, in his quotes with the, the signing announcement as well that, look, he's, he's available for selection for Gary O'Neill. Once Gary O'Neill feels that he's ready to, to go, he, he can be selected. I'd be very surprised if he's in the squad for, for Palace. Sure, I sure. I think other, other signings will be. Um, and as I say, look, I, I could see him maybe getting a few games with the 21s, um, potentially, depending on his uh, on his game time over the next few weeks. But he will be someone that will be fighting to, to get a spot in that first-team squad in the Premier League. Um, I do think it would take a little bit of time. He might see him on the bench a few times, maybe an, un, an unused sub for one or two games to get the feeling of being around the squad on a match day. But um, hopefully in the long term, it'll be uh, yeah, well worth that cash. So, Gonzalez through the door. Let's go to number two. Who's behind number two, please? <laughs> it's a game show. <laughs> we have uh, Santiago Bueno, or as they've been calling him on you know, the Wolves interviews and all that, Santi. Mm-hmm. So I think he likes to go by Santi. But, um, oh, I love that. Oh, I, mean, person. I mean, the literally... The Wolves media team and the graphics guys are drooling, drooling when it comes to Christmas. Santa Claus, come on. <laughs> You've just given them that for free. <laughs> I you know. You trademarking that. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, Santi Bueno or Santiago yeah. Bueno through the door. Um, eight and a half million centre-back. For me, this was one of the, the most key positions because going into, or completing, sorry, the, the window with just three senior centre-backs. Um, and obviously, Alfie Pond since gone on loan to Stockport, um, I think would be a big mistake for Wolves. And look, they mm-hmm. knew that. They knew they had to, they had sure. to bring a centre-back in. It was about getting the right deal. And for much of the window, they've not had the money to be able to make that right deal. Um, they finally have, and they've and they've got him over the line. And um, and yeah, I think, look, he's a Uruguayan international. I think they rate him very highly there. And albeit, I think he'll be 
backup initially to, to Craig Dawson. Um, with his age and, you know, obviously you'd expect him to play a certain number of games this season, but long term, hopefully, be a you know a very solid signing for Wolves. So um, I think, considering that he probably will be back up and the money Wolves paid for him, and again his age, sort of mid twenties, it's probably about the right deal, really, in that they're not bringing someone in who's expecting to start every single week. Of course, he'll want to, but then there's not going to be that expectation there. I think the balance Wolves are going to have um, in managing the personalities as well as the football side of things is probably the right one. So. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully a good deal. But you know, we need to know more, uh, and we'll know more once we uh, we see him on the pitch. So, for senior centre backs now, which, like you say, is what everybody's wanted for some time, which is which is great news. You say that Bueno will be cover for Dawson, obviously Totti for for Kilman. So, is it as simple as that? Is it as simple as one for one and one for the other, or is there a third choice and a fourth choice? Let's say. Let's say give it give it a week's time. So they've had a week to, they've had a week's training. But let's say against Liverpool and and Dawson goes down with a knock. Would it be Bueno automatically to be the person because it's on that right hand side, or do you think Totti would have that slight seniority because he's played? It's actually genuinely a really tough question because I think they would. Prefer... I'm here to ask them. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would prefer with um, you know the right feet on the right side. Saying mm-hmm. that, Kilman. Started against Blackpool on the right, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Against Brighton when uh, when Dawson came off, Kilman moved over to the right. So I don't think it's impossible that um, that Totti does come in, and of, of course, you know the club rate Totti. I you know you know what I do. I rate Totti very highly. Um, you do. And and look, I mean, even with Totti Gomez, look, there were clubs that wanted him this summer. Um, of course, there would have been, and, and Wolves were, were quoting you know upwards of twenty million for him. So um, Wolves don't want him to go. He's on a long contract, and I think. They trust him now a lot more than they than they would have done even eighteen months ago. So um, I would like to think Totti is is slightly ahead, but that you know depends what happens in training, depends what happens in games coming up. I think Totti's done fairly well in the games he's or the minutes he's had recently. So I, I would still like to think Totti's slightly ahead, but the having the right footed player on either side is potentially going to play him in Buenos' favour if it comes to you know Dawson coming out for whatever reason. And a slight note to that as well is I believe Bueno has played. Very, very briefly, albeit, but has played left back before. So, um, albeit he's right footed and he's right sided centre half, there's you know a small taste of versatility there with him as well. So, uh, hopefully, the options that Wolves need are, are all ticked off now. You like this signing, don't you? What, like this signing? Yeah, bueno. But I do, but I, I'm more excited by some of the others, to be honest. Okay, because okay. I, I don't think he's going to play that regularly. Or okay. obviously, things loads, loads of things happen throughout the season, obviously, but. Initially, to start with, I don't, I don't think we'll see him make a debut for a few weeks. So, Gonzalez, door number one, bueno, door number two. Who's behind door number three, Liam Keane? Uh, well, in the wake of uh, Mateus Nunes moving on, mm-hmm. Tommy Doyle arrived through Not the, door. the boxer. I don't I don't even know who that boxer is. I'm a boxing uh, fan a... as well. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. Hull, Hull's own Tommy Doyle. Carry on. No idea, man. Okay. Some Hull, no one really knows anyone. Wow, some um, big, there's a big name to come from Hull back in the day, mate. I couldn't name anyone. Judah? Who? Judas? Yeah, they bang on, mate. Absolutely. Yes, Tommy Doyle. I think for me, of all of these signings, or at least the ones that are confirmed as as of the time of recording, he probably is the most exciting one for me because 
because of where he could go and also the potential deal that Wolves are going to get out of this. So um, he arrives on season-long loan. There's a £4.3 million option to buy him next summer. Um, City do have a 50% sell-on clause for any profit Wolves make on top of that £4.3 million, which is, of course, very, very hefty. Um, but look, he won the Euros with England, under-21 Euros. He had a brilliant season with Sheffield United last year. He's the kind of standout championship player that Wolves have been looking to sign, i.e. and Alex Scott and others that Wolves have been interested in, that they've not been able to do. And they've been able to do it on a cut price deal, being of course benefited because Nunes has a, has a you know, they've come to an agreement there with him to move to, to City in the opposite direction. And um, I just think for the money involved, the fact it's a loan and that it's not obviously counting towards the financial year this year as well, I just think it's a really smart deal. And is he going to score loads or assist loads? I'm not entirely sure because he is very much a ball-playing midfielder. He wants to get on and, and make passes. And um, I'm not sure the impact in terms of goals necessarily. So it might not be exciting in that way. But I think as a talent and as someone who can grow at Wolves, I think he's um, probably the most exciting one for me. And look... It is a hefty selling cause, Liam, but, you know, he was valued at around £15 million from Wolves. If Wolves do go and sell him and, Wolves, and, and Man City get a decent chunk, then he's going to have done bloody well for Wolves. So, from that, you know, from a short-term point of view, that's only a bonus, really. And, and like you say, realistically, with the Nunes sale, which we'll come on to in a little bit, you're not, you wouldn't have got Doral in the first place, would you? So, this is, this is a... I think it's a decent deal. I think it's a decent deal for City, of course. Um, but at the same time, from Wolves, if they can get a tune out of this kid, and he, you know, he shows the, you know, everything that he's that he that he did in the Championship for Sheffield United, and more, grows as a player and becomes a huge asset, you know, and, and Wolves do set him a massive profit, then then fantastic. And look, there's not no reason why he can't beat Wolves for the next three, four, five, six, seven years. So I'm I'm genuinely excited by this by this move. Now my question to you is. Can you see him coming into this team and into this starting lineup on a regular basis this season? And if so, where do you think he's going to play? Could it be as soon as next week? Let's. I'm going to say next week. I think Palace is is too soon for a lot of players to be starting. But could you see someone to make an impact from the from a starting point of view as soon as Liverpool? Or do you think it's going to take time for someone like Tommy Doyle to get into this side? I think of all of them, Tommy Doyle for me is the one that has got the best chance of going straight in. Um, and I, I agree with you in terms of Palace. You could see him be on the bench there. But aside from that game or after that game, I could see him being one that is uh, that w- works his way into the team quite quickly. Okay. Now, it'd be interesting, as far as Gary Neal is concerned, whether that is a, a change in system, whether that means either Lamina or Gomez drop out. And in terms of seniority and the way the season started, it probably is Jal Gomez. As much as I'm a massive fan of Jal Gomez, it probably is him that drops to the bench if Tom Adore comes in. So I for me, I see... A, that's a shock for me. That's that's genuinely a shock for me, you even saying that, because I would have thought that Jal Gomez is almost, not untouchable, but would be... For Doyle to come in ahead of Gomez, for me, would be a surprise. Now, maybe that's, maybe that's just me, but... I'd be stunned if that happened as soon as Liverpool. I'm, I'm not so you'd... convinced it will happen extremely quickly. I just think that the kind of player he is and the way that he'll bring a bit more stability to Wolves' midfield, I can see him at, at bare minimum challenging Gomez quite heavily to, to play. Um, unless, of course, all three of them start. So, yeah, I think he's going to be very much in the mix early on to... Uh, to, to be involved. I don't necessarily think he'll usurp Gomez really quickly or, or even necessarily 
take it off him for the full season because I think you know Wolf value Jao Gomez very very heavily or very highly rather. So um, I just think he's going to be someone who's going to be battling quite heavily to get in there. And um, and yeah, time will tell whether he can but, actually actually do that. But the way you're talking, Liam, is the is like you may be slightly expecting eventually him to win that job. From Gomez, so do you think he's been brought in? A, do you think he's ahead of Gomez in the pecking order? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think. I, I just feel that the kind of player he is is going to suit Wolves to start going mm. forward, but not not always at the expense of Gomez. I think there's going to be a lot of rotation in there, mm. and um, look, I could be completely wrong. Maybe you know he's going to take. No, a I'm, bit so, of time I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it. I'm just I, w- I was surprised when you made that comment. That's the only reason why, you know. Yeah, so. you one thing you've got to remember to, to you know to your point really is that um this is his first real chance of coming into the Premier League as well, mm. Tommy Dawes. So I think you've got to bear that in mind. He made one appearance for City in about 3 years ago, but um it's going to be his first real chance at a, a full season as well. So that will pl- definitely play a part in it. Um but I just think that there's going to be some high hopes for him to 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 break in at some point. Look, highly thought of, and I think a lot of the Manchester City fans reading from the social media reaction when it was announced today, and as the story broke yesterday as well and the day before, is that is that a lot of them were were very sad and frustrated that he was going. So, very highly thought of, and and someone who, like you say, massive bags of potential, and for a very reasonable fee, I think, um, in four point three, do I yeah, believe right. in the season, yeah, yeah. four point three million. So, fair play. Um, Okay, so that's uh, that's door number three. Have we got a door number four? Well, that, as you <laughs> sort of mentioned at the top of this podcast, um, yeah. we are taking a little bit of a risk. You could be listening. I to always, this. I, I always take a little bit of a risk. We know, There's always we know a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, you, you could be listening a little bit to of this, Russian roulette, um, and it will be totally out of date. So uh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's about half nine now. Yeah, what's happening? What's happening at this moment in time? Carry on. At this moment in time, they are finalising the deal for. I'm going to try and pronounce this again. (laughs) You keep laughing. If you watch the videos, you'll 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 understand why I'm laughing. Uh, Jean Rickner Belgard. Okay. I think I've done well there. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you're about to announce Judge Rinder. Rinder. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, look, Wolves. Uh, it was around about four-ish this afternoon. Wolves um, finally agreed uh, a twelve-point eight million pound deal with Strasbourg um, mm-hmm. for the midfielder, and in straight away sent uh, officials over to uh, flew them over to France to to go get this deal sorted. But it, you know, as I say, it's just under an hour and a half now until. The window slams shut, and they are, you know, getting as we speak, getting the medical done and getting everything signed off. Um, there's a five-year contract on the table for him, and the signs are good. Wolves are very hopeful of getting it over the line, but obviously, without having the confirmation as of right this second, um, having to say that it's uh, in the works. But it looks like it could be, um, provided it gets done, a, you know, a very exciting signing and someone who's going to be a. Uh, pretty much a direct replacement for Mateus Nunes. He's a, a central midfielder, but has played this season and previously um, as a sort of inside forward on the left flank. Uh, two goals and two assists in three um, three league appearances in, in the French top flight so far this season. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, looks like a, a pretty exciting player. So now we've just got to get over the line, but it's looking hopeful. So as I say, if it could be dated by the time you listen to this and it's completely fallen through, it would be just our luck, but let's hope not. <laughs> Um, 
you, you talk about um, exciting times and you're very excited by Doyle. Do you feel that th- this lad could come in and, and, and play as well? I mean, you know, you think that he can play on the left, he can potentially play on the right. Are these? Is this more of a replacement for a Matthias Nunes in terms of position? Yeah, I think if we were to include him as someone who is complete, obviously we're hoping that it will be isn't as, as we speak right now. Um, he would be the one that excites me the most out of the four. Of the three, with not including this player until he was complete, it would have been Doyle. But he genuinely excites me the most if he does get done because he, for me, is a starting eleven footballer. You bring him in, he hopefully, provided it all goes well, uh, improves Wolves' starting eleven, gives them an option to play essentially exactly where Nunes was playing. Someone dynamic, quick, good on the ball, a, a runner, someone who's going to carry the ball. And uh, and hopefully, if they've got a goal-scoring touch or some sort of creative touch, is going to add numbers to this Wolves squad as well because they are desperately in need of it. So um, the fact that Wolves have been able to do this, or hopefully do this, as I say, uh, so late on in the day, um, will be a positive. If they don't get it over the line, it'll be a big disappointment now, to be honest. Um so the, how do you, how do you do a medical when you take do you, do you just bring a do you bring a, a physio and a, and a doctor with you and double double check and just do it in a in a gym I don't know how it works it's probably interesting to find out really how how do you do a medical abroad you know you're on a private jet or a plane or, or something chartered I'm sure that they had to get there to France pretty quickly and and then go through the paces that you know you would probably take a little bit more care and not care and attention that's that's the wrong words but you'd probably have a lot more home facilities of course if he was at Compton Park. Yeah, I mean, there'll be flying a number of people out there to do it, not just you know people legally with the contract, as you say, people to do the, the medical. There'll be, I'm sure, media staff out there for pictures and uh, some sort of announcement. Um, and it's this is, uh, you know, deja vu from exactly a year ago when they flew over to France to do a late deal for Bubacar Traore, and it'll be the same very rushed operation and that's not a criticism it's the fact that they're doing it so late in the day um, and uh, I don't suspect it'll be a, a big major fancy video announcement they'll get some sort of picture and put something together quickly but um, it's uh, it's exciting I mean what a job that is to be able to just to nip out to France on a Friday afternoon <laughs> to, go, to go to go get a player signed but uh, yeah hopefully as I say hopefully exciting to, to get that all done and dusted um. So, I mean, look, by, by my calculations, and the, the, they may be wrong, and I'm adding... So, can I, shall I take away the 4.3 for next season, shall I? Because, obviously, we've talked a lot about FFP and a lot about and people that like it, or whatever. But um, take the 4.3 away, because that'll be next summer for for Doyle. And you're looking at around about £21.3 million. Pounds. How, have they, how have they been able to spend that? Outgoings, Liam. That's an intro to outgoings. Yes, I mean, look, they... Um... Obviously, they were going to look to try and bring a couple in anyway. They were looking at loans and smaller deals, and and you know a couple of them were were, were in the works. But um, the Nunes deal has, has allowed Wolves to uh, to quickly uh, make some more additions, uh, gives them a lot more breathing room, and of course they've also had the links with City. So, albeit the Tommy Doyle deal is a separate deal, um, it's. Oh obviously been helped by the fact that they're getting in for a lot less than well provided they take the option obviously but getting in for a lot less next summer than he was than he's worth really sure. um bueno as well at uh, as Girona, they've got they're partly owned by the city group um and then on the other part of the ownership um is a group that is headed up by pep guardiola's brother so i think it's pretty fair to say to connect the dots and say look wolves have been 
helped out here by getting Santiago Bueno as well um, on a on a fee that is arguably uh, less than what he what he's worth. So um, Wolves, yes, have got fifty three million for Nunes, got a ten percent salon for any um, for any salon uh, for, for any profit. Sorry for mm-hmm. the, the the city make on him. They may may not really benefit from that. Depends on 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 how he gets on really, mm-hmm. but. That they've arguably benefited with these other two deals and had breathing room to be able to make um, this signing of uh, of Belgard as well. So, um, as much as you're losing a player that I think is very very talented in in Mateus Nunes, to have a bit more depth and hopefully quality, depending on how they all get on, time will tell. And in hindsight, we may have a different view, but it it, it could work out really well for Wolves. But it's there's a, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of ifs and buts here. We need to see how these players get on. I'm going to circle back to, to Nunes in a little bit, just because there's a bit of breaking news uh, with a Wolves player. Um, so, Alfie Pond has gone on loan to Stockport uh, for the season. Well, actually, uh, before you do this, I'm terribly sorry to do this. Could I, could I jump in? Because I know what you're going to say. Um, oh, okay. Breaking news on Belgard quickly. Yes. Um, he has. Go on, then. I wasn't going to say that, but carry on. No, no, I know. I know that's why okay. I wanted to jump in. So, before yeah. you do that, um, Belgard has completed his medical. Excellent. Uh, for Wolves, um, the deal's not completely done yet, mm-hmm. but uh, medical's done, so it's going in the right way. Excellent news. Fantastic. So, so f- thankfully, half of this podcast doesn't have to be re-edited. We're, we're hoping. We're hoping. Uh, I mean, that's uh, music to my ears, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we're not bothered by the player. We just don't want to do the podcast again. No, great. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. Look, it's going to be... It's going to be, I think, um, I think an important player this season, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see him, and hopefully... Probably, oh, too late for Sunday, I'm sure, but we'll see him um, maybe on the bench at Liverpool. So great stuff. Yeah, um, yeah Alfie Pond gone on loan, and uh, Warsaw just about to announce a loan signing, which I assume is Harvey Griffiths. Now they've used. I don't know if you've seen her announcement. They've used a picture of and a gif of Harvey Price, Katie Price's. You're son. joking. I'm not joking. I cannot believe that, to be honest. But um, I assume this is Harvey Griffiths. Um, uh, it, it is. They've they've just announced right. it. Yeah, Harvey Griffiths right. has gone there on a, on a season okay. loan. I mean, I mean that's that's Warsaw's Warsaw issue to deal with. But um, I mean, good good loan for him as well. And obviously, being local. But you know, we saw him saw him the other night against Blackpool. And look, I think I think that's another good loan. I mean, two league two loans for for Pond and Griffiths. And I, I think both of them are um, a smart smart moves. I'm sure Steve Davis will be delighted for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, for, for Alfie quickly Stockport as I said in the video earlier today as well is a very big club for, for that level at League 2 um, good club as well you know, I've been a, a couple of times down to it is actually Park isn't it I said it on the video earlier and I sort of almost doubted myself as I said it I'm pretty sure that's right um, and, and I think they're a great club um, sadly actually um, actually Park was where I stepped in the, uh, the dog muck with my white trainers on <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Superb. That was, in, that, that, was in, that was in the car park, actually, park. Anyway, <laughs> that's all, every time I think of Stockport, I think of that. It, I like the club. It's nothing to do with them. It's just, just, the, way, just the way it is. Um, but yeah, look, good, good move for him and hopefully he plays a lot of games. And then, yeah, Harvey Griffiths, I think he's a good player, a good footballer. I think he's, you know, he's been around Wolves um, for a while now. He was in, the, in pre-season with the first team. Got his debut, didn't he? Um, against Blackpool coming off the bench as well for, for Hodge when he went off injured just this week and um, I think he's one that they've got a few hopes for as well so uh, yeah good move for him down at Warsaw um, you know the, the the guys at Warsaw I know from my time covering them I, I know quite a lot of the people still there um, Matt Sadler the, the manager there is, is a is a really good guy someone who you know people are going to want to play for so 
I would like to think that um, that Harvey gets a lot of uh, benefit out of going there. Great stuff. Um, I, can't, I can't get over that that, that announcement from Warsaw. Crikey, someone's going to be in trouble. Um, so go, to, just going back to Nunes, sorry. Obviously, you know you were you were watching. Um, you know you at the fringe, so I'm sure you w weren't uh, interested in any of this. But going on strike key now. Where, where do you stand on that as a player? Because I'll be honest, so, the the fans, of course, from Wolves, did not take to that well, as you can as you can massive completely understand. And in the end of the day, with the negotiations and and you know Wolves getting. 50 plus mil out of him it's I think they were quite happy to see him go a player didn't want to be here who didn't who showed exactly what he wasn't carrying on he wasn't training he, you know to, to down tools like that Wolves haven't had that for a while have they someone to to make that kind of a stand I get that it happens and I can I can't understand why I did it I, I guess I can the, the reason I mean he's probably couldn't believe all his Christmases have come at once because you know I think at the start of this window no one in a million years would have probably linked Nunes and Manchester City. I know there was Liverpool shouts, but they were kind of dying off. Of course, the Paqueta deal was going through. So he's probably like, this is my one and only chance to go to Manchester City in my career, probably. If it doesn't happen in this window, it's not going to happen at all because things move very, very quickly in Januarys and summers, etc. But it leaves a, a sour taste in the mouth of me for a player who did not fulfil any of his potential, really, when it comes to Wolverhampton Wanderers, I thought he had a disappointing season last year. I thought he was very good for three to four games, most of them being without Neves, and I get that he was played out of position for a lot of that time, but I don't think anyone will remember Matias Nunes, the Wolves player, with any kind of great affinity. No, they won't, to be honest, because he's a very, very talented footballer that... He didn't make it work in his first season. He saw glimpses here and there. We saw glimpses at the start of this season. He was a player that was always going to move on at some point um, because I, I do think he's good enough to play for a Man City, but he has to show it regularly. And he hadn't in a Wolves shirt. Wolves fans won't remember him fondly for that and for the way that he left. Unfortunately, take it from his point of view, first of all. Is it... Um, a very, very attractive offer to go and play for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. Of course it is. Of course it is. It makes so much sense why he would want to go there. You, I don't think you can begrudge him that. But I think there's a certain way to go about it. You've been brought to the Premier League by Wolves. You've been trusted and, and believed in and given opportunities when you haven't performed. Um, you've signed a long contract. You've had a five-year deal with four years left of that. And I think you owe Wolves and the fans and your teammates and the manager would a bit more respect than that to be honest um, I do think it's poor that you go on strike because is that really going to force through the deal I don't I don't think so I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference because Wolves could have happily not accepted any offer and reintegrated him into the squad and they would have done as well Gary Neal would have had a few stern words with him but he certainly would have come back in and, and played and continued to play and, and, and had to win over a few fans again I just think it's poor um, if you let I think you get your head down you focus on your football and you allow the people behind the scenes to, to get their deal done. If it's meant to happen, it'll happen. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You can put as much pressure as you want on your agent to get it done, but to refuse to train and not get permission to, to, to have a leave of absence, essentially, I just think is uh, 
it's beneath him, really. I think I think he should have done better. And it, and it doesn't look good on someone going forward. Now, will mm. Man City managers and players and his future clubs remember that? Maybe not, but I'm sure someone will remember it and it might come back to bite him. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm disappointed, really. And so I mentioned on social media, I think, a couple of days or yesterday, I think, I, got no, I don't think the fans have got any interest in players who don't want to be there. Um, good luck. Matthias Nunes when Manchester City come here in a few weeks' time because if he starts or if he's on the bench or if he comes on, I guarantee you it's not going to be cheers or, or polite applause. He will be getting dogs abuse. I think. Absolutely. Do no, you think? No, I think so. I think you know. I know social media and, and real life are, are, you know can be very different most of the time. To be honest, let alone at sometimes. But I do think he'll be he'll be getting booed and and. It wouldn't be if he just went. If he went and they accepted a bid, I think that's fair enough. But that you, you know, you got to lie in your bed. No, absolutely. Um, I just think it was, it, yeah, beneath him was the best way for me to describe it. I think he's mm. just let him south down and just it's just a bit of a lack of respect. I just don't think it's. Yes, you can want to make the move, and yes, the people behind the scenes will do everything they can to make the move. And and look, Wolves have benefited financially and in bringing players in by allowing him to go in the first place. I think. Yes, they would want to keep someone of his quality, but I think is everyone happy with the, how the deal has ended as it is? I think so. You could have got to this point without doing what you did, um, and I don't think I don't think Pep Guardiola will like that at all. Do I think it would have been enough for him to turn around and try and end the deal? Obviously not, because he's gone there, and I don't think it's going to be a major issue for him moving forward. But I don't think he'd have liked that, and I would wouldn't be surprised to see him have a word with Nunes about it because Guardiola has in the past. You know, had a problem with a player and moved them on. Look at Jao Cancelo, an absolutely world class fullback for me, who, by all accounts, by you know as far as the reports are, lead us to believe, had a run in with Guardiola and, and he shipped him off on loan and he's now going out on loan again to Barcelona. So, I don't think um, I don't think Guardiola will look at that particularly uh, in a particularly good light. But um, at the end of the day, he, if he goes and performs there, no one will really care. And if I'm honest. I think he'll probably do quite well there. Um, some level contract lengths given out, Liam, and some of these players. Do you like it? Do you like to see it? I mean, it's, it's kind of, especially, I mean, Chelsea giving out huge contracts, but the length of contracts are, are not not three or four years anymore, are they? They're five, six, six, and six with an option for a seventh. I mean, long old deals. Do you like it? Yeah, I mean, Wolves have been doing this for for a while, to be fair to them, and, and a lot of clubs do it now. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm almost neither here nor there with it, because y- you also look at Gonçalo Guedes, for example, who's on, still on four years left at Wolves and now gone out on loan to Benfica again. So um, it can work in both ways. It'll work massively in, in Wolves' favour with some deals and other deals. I could use a, a number of other players, Cotroni, for example. Um, it, it's not going to work out. So... Um, it's less really to do with the contract and more to do with simply how they perform on the field, really, because contracts don't mean a hell of a lot if a club is willing to pay what the player is worth um, because that player will then move. All it does mean is that you've got the potential longevity in, a, in an asset. Um, other than that, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's not a massive deal. So um, almost neither here nor there with it but I suppose happy to see that the Wolves are able to tie down certain promising talents to, to long contracts because it should benefit them moving forward um, So in terms of finances Liam and, and the money we said spent so Wolves have still banked plenty of this Nunes money haven't they as well 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they've obviously made a 15 million profit on him. So in terms of you know, how the balance sheet will look, they'll have they'll have still made a healthy uh, healthy dose. And um, and yeah, it, it's as I say, it benefited them being able to move with uh, with certain other late deals, including um, Bellegarde. So obviously, time will tell whether, from a footballing point of view, whether this quantity and quality was worth allowing Nunes to go. Um, but when a club is pushing, a player wants to go, you're getting a deal and obviously getting other players in, as I've said, with the, the benefit of Bueno and Doyle and how those deals happened, um, it was almost a no-brainer for Wolves really to, to take this plunge and, and let one player go and arguably bring in two or three to replace him. So, I'm going to ask you a question. Of course, we're not, when we haven't got uh, contact with him at this moment in time. I wonder, Penny for... June Lopetegui's thoughts here. He's, by all, I mean, he might be back in Portugal now, but was here in the UK, staying here for for quite a while after um, with his team after after obviously leaving leaving Wolverhampton Wanderers. Of course, Matias Nunes has left now, so you know we don't know how that would have affected him. But with the amount of signings Wolves have made since then, and you know, there's talk that Bueno was was on his radar previously. Do you, how do you think he's feeling with? Wolves and the business they've done since his departure. Could you repeat that for me? You did slightly cut out. And I was okay. trying to, for a second, I was trying to make out what it was you said. But without, well, I mean, uh, in, su- in summary, Penny for June Lopetegui's thoughts, really. Um, you know, Nunes has, has been sold since he's left, but Wolves have brought in quite a lot of players, um, with Bueno being someone who was linked with him previously. Mm. Um, so when he's looking at the activity and what's happened, and, and of course, the whole hullabaloo about him not having signings, and I know that a lot of these have happened because of the Nunes sale, but what do you think he thinks about Wolves and their business at this moment in time this evening? To be honest, I think if he was still at Wolves, um, it would be more frustration than anything, because yes, he's getting okay. quantity in, but we're yet to know how that quantity is going to you know, perform, and he's losing a player in Nunes who Lopetegui was clearly very fond of. Um, and he was, and he was, you know, clearly very talented, and 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 could go on to do very very big things in the game. So, um, I actually don't think Lopetegui would have been particularly pleased about mm-hmm. it, um, which is ironic considering he was calling for signings and they didn't happen, they couldn't happen. Um, and then Nunes goes, and and they're able to make a, a couple extra moves than, than they were planning to do. So, um, yeah, uh, ironically, I don't think Lopetegui would have been in a great place with it, and. Hopefully now with Gary Neal at the helm, obviously the situation he was in, um, going to kick up less of a fuss. So I mean, he clearly wanted additions and sense about being one of them, but would have kicked up, kicked up a lot less of a fuss than Lopetegui did and, and and you know had done. And um, and I think it's just now down to him to try and get the most out of uh, out of the plays he's got. But yeah, it would have been interesting to see what Lopetegui was like um, around this time. I think it would have been quite stressful <laughs> to be honest. Do you think he'd have been quiet? He wouldn't have said much of what he thought, would he? Apologies for the clicks, by the way. I'm, I'm just getting a Harvey Griffiths story very quickly. But he um, he chose his, you know, he chose his time to <laughs> to get, you know, his his thoughts out there, um, and he put pressure on when when he when he felt he needed to. And you know, some fans, I think, argue that it was a little bit overkill at times. Um, yeah, I think I think he'd have said a few things and maybe kept a few things close to his chest. But you you, you never knew with Julian. It was a it was a lottery, to be honest. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, how um so Gary O'Neill came up with an interesting 
comment on Tuesday night at Blackpool. You might not have heard it, Liam, actually, because you weren't here. Um, and wow. <laughs> he said, he said this was, of course, at the time when Matthias Nunes was a Wolverhampton Wanderers player. And, you know, he was quite coy. And I thought he actually answered the questions about Matthias Nunes very, very well throughout this saga. I've actually been very impressed with the way Gary Neal spoke in both um, pre and post Everton and, and Blackpool as well. There was, there was some awkward questions that have been thrown at him very, very early in his tenure. And actually, I think whether you um, like the appointment, whether you don't, whether you're still undecided, you know, it's not Gary O'Neill's fault. And actually, I've been thoroughly impressed with him as an individual so far and the way that he's carried himself, the way he's conducted himself, by all accounts, the way that he's he's turned training around. And of course, he's got a very important three points in the bag already, which we'll we'll come on to in a little bit. But um, he said on on Tuesday night, post-match, he said that he was very confident... Whether, and this was of course if, if Matthias Nunes was going to go or not, he said that at this moment in time, and of course when they had Nunes there, he said, I, 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 am a fir- I have a firm belief that Wolves will be stronger come September the 1st at 11.01 than they are now. So that was with Nunes still to go. And of course, thing, he obviously knew that he was going at that, that point, And I'm sure he knew about the majority, if not all of these signings, or that they were, they were in for them. And maybe you know, another striker that hasn't happened today. But do you think that that's, that he would still stick to that, looking at the business they've done since Tuesday, that they're stronger after Tuesday night than they were before it? Yeah, I mean, you make a, a good point there. We actually forgotten to mention that they've missed out on Che Adams today. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been so much going on. Um, mm. Yeah, obviously Southampton blocking a move and, and Wolves looked elsewhere. Um, Bulaidia at, um, over in Italy at Salernitana, I believe I'm Pronouncing that right? Um, they no, made you're not. Him and don't no one cares at this time, do they? Nah, so uh, and and obviously, you know, didn't sort of uh, follow through with that. And I think I'm happy to stick with the striking options they've got. But um, that aside, yeah, to your question, I do think there is a very good argument to say that they are. To be honest, because I, I know it's all hypothetical. Because I, you know, as I say, Wolves were looking to bring in one or two in, and obviously filling that centre back void, regardless of whether Nunes mm-hmm. was staying or not. Um, the strength of that signing is questionable. Whether they would have been able to do Bueno is a big question. But let's say hypothetically they couldn't bring in any of these players that they have. That is Gonzalez, Bueno, Doyle and hopefully Balgard, provided it all goes through in time. Those four players, they let's say hypothetically they couldn't bring in any of those four without letting Nunes go. And you let him go, you bring those four in. I think there's a big argument the Wolves are stronger because mm-hmm. for as good as Nunes is and slash can be because obviously I think in a Wolves shirt he didn't show his best um, Wolves needed signings in different positions and needed strength uh, in depth and, and and they've got that to some extent now I think there'll be fans that will poke questions at strikers and other positions but um, they're in a lot healthier position now I believe as a squad with Nunes going and these changes coming in and then as I keep saying hindsight will, will you know it's, it's 2020 and we'll know whether mm-hmm. these signings are, are up for the task Quality-wise, but in terms of quantity and squad depth, Wolves. I, th- I genuinely believe there's a good argument they're in a much better place. Okay. Um, as a whole, then, how would you grade this transfer window? Look, up until this week, we had, we had Matt, Matt Doherty. Um, but as a whole, how do you think we should look on this period of time? I mean, there's been so much that's gone on from when we were in Portugal through until now and look we're, we're still at 10 o'clock at night Liam with an hour to go and you know there's still 
deals to be signed. It's um, it's pretty crazy the kind of roller coaster that we've had in terms of recruitment from from zero to free agent to to that's it to uh, a manager walkout to you know three four signings. It's when you take it all as a whole. How do you think that they were they have done this summer? So obviously there's signings that I like. I like Doherty signing. I like Doyle. All of the ones that we've seen the last uh, you know, 48 hours or so, I, I like. And hopefully Baumgartner as they get, gets over the line. Um, but you have lost Nunes. You have, have lost Neves. Collins, I think, is a good player. Mitini, I know there's a, a question mark there, but he's he's moved on. I think Adama I'd have kept if I had the opportunity to. There's a lot of big players that have gone. Raul, I know there was, again, question marks of him being up to the, up to the task, but he's moved on. Pedence hasn't gone anywhere yet, but it's likely to, or at least hopeful, to to move on with the Saudi Arabian market still open. So open for another week or two, is it? Yeah, so exactly. It's Qatar yeah. as well, which he was linked with as well. Yeah, I think exactly. That's open so as well. they're hopeful of getting him out. And and to add to that, Johnny is um is sticking around, turned down mm-hmm. offers from from Spain to to stay and fight for his place. And, and credit to him for his attitude and the way he's conducted himself. I think Pedence and Nunes could probably learn from that. To be honest. Um, oh, the way we did, Keen up. I know, it's got to be done, mate. It's got to be done. So, taking all of that into account, all of the outgoings, all of the incomings, where Wolves are at, and of course, I think you have to include losing Lopetegui as well. Of course, I think that, you do, absolutely. In that transfer window. I would come to the conclusion, and I'm interested to see whether you're on the same wavelength as me here, I'm going to go with a C plus. Okay. I think Wolves were... I think... Also, the fact that it's been so late in the window to make some of these moves, hence, obviously, you know, Nunez making his departure and having a big impact on that. But the timing of it as well is, yes, Wolves do a lot of stuff late in the window. They always do and and probably always will do. Um, But earlier is always better. So I think I've got to take that into account as well. And that maybe just drops it down a little bit. So um, I think it's been a steady window. I think it's got potential to be better than a C plus. Again, using... The next few months as, as an example and using hindsight but for what I feel right now I think that's about right uh, I'm going to give it a C I'm going to give it a C I think I thought about C- minus, but I think I'll give it a C I'm looking at other deals done by teams and you know certain you know we'll talk about the glob later on after uh, a reaction from last week but I think Wolves have done better than a lot in the glob I really do um, in terms of the recruitment that they've had. Um, and I would say that I can move that up to almost like a B minus potentially, but I can also move that down to like a D plus depending on how these signings work out. There's no guarantees as that, like you say. I mean, look, they've lost one of the best managers in world football potentially, and they've lost one of the one of the you know the best midfielders, you know, top top world midfielder to, to the Premier League champions and Champions League champions. So, you know, in terms of losing two key assets and replacing them with a lot of unproven talent i think that i think you know it's still risky i think it's i think it's encouraging and i'm i'm you know i'm hopeful but the proof will be in the pudding won't it and unfortunately that pudding won't won't rise for a lot of these players gonzalez doyle to a certain extent for two two years maybe a year two years so we're gonna have to wait i don't think you can judge it any more than that but in terms of the short term, I think that it's disappointing. Short term. Now, short term being this season, and we talk about staying up in this Premier League, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but 
I still think that they've got more than enough to stay in the Premier League. Um, if they do, then I think it's been a success. I'll move that up. But you know, if we're if we're come February, March, and we're scrapping around and we're in a real battle, then I, I would I would probably be on the side of maybe a C minus or a D plus. Well, I think we're pretty much on the same wavelength there. Then mm. maybe just about. So I will take okay. that. Yeah, cool, cool. We'll take that. Um, something else came to mind there as well. So much going on. My head is hurting. I don't know what it was. To be <laughs> honest, it's gone. Um, what else are we moving on to? Blah, 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 blah. Fabio, number nine, baby. Number Fabio, nine shirts. number nine. Number nine. And, and that's that's what I was going to say. Um, with a striker not coming in, Nathan Fraser scoring his first goal in midweek against Blackpool. He's going to stay, and I'm pleased for that. I, I was really impressed with him on Tuesday night. I thought his movement was great. You know, got a little bit of luck for his first goal, but fair play. Look, a striker shooting. Three strikers scoring. Crikey. But a striker shooting, you know, it is great. I thought he looked strong. Look, it was against a poor Blackpool side who made six or seven changes and they hadn't won a game all season. But you only beat what's put in front of you. And I thought that he was he was good. I, I was delighted for him. His confidence as well. You know, he bosses the 21s when we go and see him. Um, I think that, you know, you look at Gonzalez, but don't don't discount someone like an Aiden Fraser to come on and, and make the odd impact in these kind of games off the bench. And um, I'm, I'm really pleased for him that he gets to to continue to develop under Gary Neal, to, to develop at Premier League level with, with better players and maybe going to a, you know, a lower a, a lower league loan. I think he would have gone ahead of a league two. I think it probably would have been a league one club for Nathan Fraser. I think he's good enough for that. But um, but at the same time, I'm I'm not too bothered at all that he's staying with Wolves. In fact, I'm quite happy. At least until January, then they can reassess options. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as is, yeah, with the, you know, no striker sort of oh, coming in. Sorry, I'll just carry on. Sorry, sorry, mate. I don't think I was going to say because my head's hurting, but I did remember it. And the other thing about that, Liam, they've obviously got money to spare now a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to spend it. They could quite not not spend it at all and, and wait till the summer. But with them not getting that, that striker in, which Nathan Fraser is going to take the spot... It does give them that little bit of leeway. We talked about all the finances and look, this this summer and January. Well, they've got a bit of money in the bank now, so that if you know Fabio, Cunha, Kalajic, and Co. are still struggling to score goals and we're not getting the job done, they can now they've got a little bit of momentum where they can look at January, they can look at loans, they can look at a potential signing if they need to. Let's hope they don't, but if they need to, that money is potentially there for them to make additions in January too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they were going to try and get uh, Che Adams on a on a loan with a with a buy option, then you know it would imply that, of course, in by the time you get to January, they're in the position to at the very least do a loan. And and I think it's worth you know looking into a bit more. And I'll, I'll do my best to to find that out whether they've got a bit more leeway in terms of uh, permanent transfers as well come January. So yeah, I think that's a very good point. And um, and with Fraser, yeah, being the sort of fourth choice now, I don't suspect he'll get loads of opportunities. But if he can get a few bench. Opportunities a few times um, coming off the bench. I, I, I'd be surprised if he started a game at 18 years old. But um, if he gets some sort of minutes between now and, and January, mixed with probably what will be a few 21 games, he's playing tonight for the 21s and has scored as well. So I think that could that could really benefit him. Um, I do think playing regularly, playing 30 odd games for a League One club would have benefited him as well. But the fans have taken to him here. He's a local lad. Obviously scored against Blackpool as you say and. If he can have some sort of impact, as even as little as it is, but even for his own development in the Premier League, I think that would um, that be huge for him. And you look at someone like Evan Ferguson at, at Brighton. You know, sometimes all the players need is a, an opportunity, isn't it? And it can work. Sometimes it doesn't, but it can work. 
and um, and I'd like to think that yeah, you, you might get that chance against Blackpool. From what you told me, obviously I wasn't there, but from what you've <laughs> told me, um, and from what I saw of him in pre-season, um, he did very very well. So there's a lot of promise there, and um, and I like him like him as a player. And then on you mentioned Fabio being getting the number nine big for him, really pleased for him. Um, as I say, I said in the video earlier today, they were talking about giving him that a few weeks ago, and with his future being a little bit uncertain, they mutually agreed not to do it um, and have since with him obviously staying now I've, uh, I've since gone back and given it to him so it's extra motivation for him and extra um, maybe add a bit of pressure perhaps but if it's something he can uh, he can make his own it's a, it's a, it's a real show of intent and, and commitment and belief in him and um, and Wolves have been doing you know, Matt Hobbs and Gary O'Neill and, and the people behind the scenes have been doing a, a, you know, a charm offensive with Fabio Silva to make sure he's comfortable happy and wants to be at Wolves because they mm-hmm. want him there and um, and a happy Fabio Silva and hopefully a goal scoring one will be a, a, a you know have a big impact for Wolves I think. Yeah, um, pleased he got his goal against Blackpool on Tuesday night. Uh, he needed it, didn't he? He did. He really did, and, and I'm pleased Gary O'Neill played him. I think he needed he needed that. He needed a he needed another start. And of course, with the Tuesday Sunday turnaround against Crystal Palace and the start of the season, there was no reason why a young fit lad can't play like that. So 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 perfect. He was poor against Everton. I think there were a lot of underpar performances against Everton actually. And look on on the people who were there. He got the game. Of course, we had that magic moment for the Kalajic. Unbelievable, amazing, especially the way that he. You know, he finished that chance, but but also you know the, the redemption and the story, and I'm I'm delighted for for a lot of the Wolves crew as well, and a lot of the media team have been doing so much great work, um, and they had a lot of those guys there as well who who saw that they they travelled to Everton. Sometimes they're not there, and they were there. They had cameras on him, of course, to try and finish this third part of the documentary. I want to give a shout out to Josh Peach um, and and also Yanni, of course, as well. Um, they they do an amazing job, and and actually I I do want to say because it is one of the best documentaries I've seen and it is an industry standard film quality that they've done and the amount of hours they've spent it, it's a ridiculous amount of hours putting this together but the way that they've had access and you've got to think, thank Sasha Kalajic for this as well his family um, you know his wife everything that's been going on at one of the most lowest parts of, of his career he's obviously had a lot of long term injuries but this was as bad as you know, you're possibly going to get, especially on debut. And they were in there from the moment that happened throughout. He granted them access. They've been in hotels, rooms with him, probably in so many awkward situations. They've basically been living a, you know, reality-style life at, at times, I think, when it's come to, to to making this documentary. And that's why it's so good. It's it shot so well. And I was disappointed. I, I understand that a lot of people were frustrated, but when this first came out, it was of course in the middle of of um, a pre-season, and we had the whole Lopetegui and the the FFP and and the signings and what's coming and what's not. And you know, when they put this out, sometimes you know the, the social media reaction. You have some people maybe making sarcastic comments, or is this where all the budget's gone? Blah de blah. And it just it made me frustrated. It made me slightly angry because these people have given their time, their effort not just hours in the editing room but hours of their lives going you know into into the uh, the home the house of, of these people to make something that's so special and I'm just delighted for them to be able to you know have this dream ending to part three which I implore everyone to watch when it comes out when they advertise it and also when it does come out you know, I would like people, and I'm sure there's a lot of people we, we have you know 30 or thousand of you amazing people listening to it and you're the good guys who, when it does come out, please give these guys credit for how, of course, Stasha credit, you know, it's amazing, and, and his family, but also the people who have been able to to put this out, to be able to to give you this, you know, amazing 
insights that you will never ever see into a story that that's quite emotional and obviously in, incredibly you know fulfilling um just to, just a pat on the back you know just a, a nice comment if you like what the, what you've seen because you know we we speak to these guys left right and center you know behind the scenes and you know they don't get a lot of credit and I feel like something like that was a special moment to share with them at Everton, as much as it was for the three points for the team and for, for the club and for the fans, to see their faces light up and to, and to be so happy uh, was, was a great moment. That was one hell of a rant, but I uh, couldn't agree more. No, so um, it's, uh, yeah. it's very nice. No, no, brilliant work with, uh, with that and, it's, and, and with the doc and, and the fact that it ended in the way that it did is perfect for them. And uh, yeah, pleased for the individuals that that to put that together and then equally pleased for, for Sasha Kalajic you know I'm a bit of a softie and it goes it goes a long way for me when a player is easy to interview and I don't mean that as a um, sort of selfish professional way I mean mm-hmm. purely someone who is just a nice person sure someone who is generous with their time someone who understands I've got a job to do and you don't always find that. I think that the vast majority of Wolves have actually have actually been very good. Um, but Sasha Kalajic was absolutely that. He's someone who I've tweeted this a few times. He's someone you want to do well because he's just a nice guy. He's likable. Yeah. He, he's liked around the, the the club and around the squad. And um, I was just so pleased to, to to see him get that goal and get that moment, and then equally to score again against Blackpool. So yeah, huge for him, and uh, and hopefully for for how his season will now pan out. Um, and on top of that, he scored a late winner against Everton while I was mm-hmm. sat out having a beer with my Ever- Everton supporting uh, oh. father- father-in-law. So I may or may not have given him a little bit of uh, <laughs> stick, which went down really well. And, uh, and yeah, it was brilliant for me on, on that front as well from a very selfish point of view. Oh, amazing. Um, I do have one apology to make, and that is to the fans because... Um, unfortunately, my prediction was out by 20 seconds. Uh, Kalajic scored in the 87th minute, not the 86th, that I tweeted out, I think, on the Wednesday before the game. I'll be honest with you, and I don't give you a lot of credit because you normally <laughs> don't, don't really deserve, deserve it. it, to be honest. You normally, you know, you're an absolute nightmare to work with. But um, <laughs> but that was one hell of a prediction. I mean, <laughs> top, top jaw stuff. I mean, absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't know why I've never ever tweeted, and I can remember you replied to me instantly when I tweeted this on Wednesday before Everton, saying I tweeted Everton full time, Everton nil, Wolves won, Kalajic eighty six. I don't, I don't know why it just came into my head, and sometimes you have premonitions or you think of a scoreline or we'll chat and we'll do predictions, but I don't know why I felt the need to tweet that out. I mean, I was leaving myself open. And I mean, open for ridicule. If Everton come back and win two 0 ah, sure, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Look at quote this tweet. Look at this. You know, what's that accent? There's some sort of weird Scouse accent. I don't know. They've been on the, on the chips of Korea at two a.m. Uh, wow. And uh, and uh, I don't know why I tweeted it out. And then you were like, mate, you you've left, you've left yourself open there. I think and I described then, it as brave. I think as very brave. Yeah, That's very right. Brave. Very brave. And, uh, yeah, he came on in, I think, the 84th or 85th minute. I'm like, mate, you've only got a couple of minutes here. And, yeah, 86 minutes and 20 seconds, I think it was, when he banged the ball in the back of the net and Wolf saw it out. So, look, most importantly, it was, it was, a, it was a huge three points, Liam. And three points that was needed. Uh, look, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but that just makes everything look a, a lot better, doesn't it, ahead of Sunday? No, absolutely. I think they, they needed something. And against, you know, albeit having, you know, Followed the coverage that you guys, uh, in my absence, were, were providing, and then having seen the highlights since, you know, Everton had some 
huge chances, um, and Jose Sarr was superb. And yes, it's a I think it's a poor Everton side, who I think will struggle again this season, but arguably could have scored one or two before Wolves did. And I know Wolves had chances as well with Fabio and a few others, but um, to to come away with that with three points, whether it might be slightly fortunate or not. Um, was huge. Wolves needed something from that game against what I uh, you know, say again. What I think is a poor Everton team, and um, and to get three, have something to build off going into what is a you know a tough trip to Palace, um, and I don't just mean the drive there and, and the parking <laughs> is uh, yeah is it, is going to be big. And then to to obviously finish the window the way Wolves have and, and heading into that game, you'd like to think that everything's on the up a little bit. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult game, difficult to get any result there. To be honest, uh, I do think Wolves will get something, but it'll be a tough game. And um, regardless of what the result is, I'd like to think that you know people realise that the I think the club's in a slightly better position than they were even a week ago, um, but mm-hmm. and even before that win. Yeah, I I agree. Um, let's move it on and um, let's talk about Crystal Palace um, Sunday. Myself and you, it would be great to be back here to uh, Selhurst Park. Not my favourite ground in the world. You don't mind it, do you, Kino? Selhurst? Mm. Uh, it's brutal for fans. I mean, I'm not... You've I've been there as a fan and... as well. It's pretty brutal, to be honest. Um, pretty grim. Yeah, it's... Mm, I mean, it's okay. It's not good. I mean, we had, we had it second bomb, didn't we, of our list, so it can't be good. No. no I'm being polite not... now, saying okay. What am I even doing? It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's gross. I mean, you missed Everton, so you know. Oh, I'm mate. surprised you missed. Amazing, so happy. <laughs> um, look, not an easy game. I think Everton have obviously Everton Palace have got some very useful players. The, the worry for me is someone like Eze, who hasn't really started like we know he can, and bubbling under came off the bench. I think in the Carabao Cup in midweek when they were one 0 down, a couple of assists won won the game two one. But they've got they're, they're sneaky good, especially at home. You uh, look, they gave. Arsenal, a hell of a game, really, didn't they? And you know that at Sellers Park, it's going to be a difficult game. Which, whichever time, every time you go, any time you go, and you know, it's um, it was a poor result last year, wasn't it? Of course, they're without Zaha now, but Wolves will have to play better for me than they did against Everton for them to get something from this game. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think you you can't allow this Palace side who. They do blow hot and cold at times, but I think they've got a real steeliness to them. Um, they're very tough in the tackle, good in midfield. I think a very strong unit. Um, and at home, as you as you rightly point out, I think they're quite a difficult side to play against. So I don't think you can give them the chances that Wolves allowed Everton to have and not expect to concede. So you've got to be tighter defensively. And then when you get an opportunity like Fabio did um, against Everton, you have to take them. And if yeah. it comes down to the one chance, obviously Clark just took his in the end, um, that could be the difference between taking nothing home and taking a point or three points. My predict, oh, actually, don't want me to go straight into predictions, I want me to hang, hang fire for a sec. Well, hang fire for a second and we'll just talk a little bit about um, whether we might see any of these new signings available, potentially on the bench, maybe even the starting lineup. but from a from the team that played against Everton... Of course, Wolves made nine changes, I think, on Tuesday night. There was only Max Kilman and Fabio Silva keeping their place. So let's go back and revert back to the Everton eleven. The, the main, I guess the main question is, do you think he'll start that same eleven with Fabio Silva, who's been given the number nine shirt, uh, play Tuesday night, ahead of maybe someone like Pablo Sarabi, who was excellent, again, three, three assists and 
was the type of player that we kind of have been led to believe, I guess, and haven't really seen too much of him yet again against yeah. Blackpool. So, so for me, that's the main decision. I, I think that everybody else probably keeps their place. You might think differently. Um, I know Doc scored a couple. We haven't really discussed that, but you know, we, we all know what Doc can do. I'm not going to go too much into that. But could you see Sarabian going, giving yourself that little bit more slightly defensive, but obviously, you know, Sarabia can create, or do you think that he'll go with that same 11? Well, can we see a world where Sarabia and Fabio both play? Yeah, of course. Um, and Cunha? Fabio plays, yeah. the, sorry, um, Sarabia plays out wide. Okay, so Be- you're not, okay. Because uh, obviously, Quang came off, I know that he has been deemed fit to, to play, but is he fit to start? Yeah. You can yeah, see a world show. where it's a, a 4-4-2, Neto and Sarabia are the wings, and Cunha and, and Fabio up top. Um, I could see that absolutely. I think it hinges really on Huang's fitness and whether he can start. I think if if Huang's fit to start, he probably does start. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm to hedge my bets, if Huang is fit and starts, I think Fabio and Cunha play and Srabi is benched. I think okay. is where I think was what we'll see, which, which would mean the same eleven really, wouldn't it, against um, as against Everton? Yeah, what do you, I mean, what's the latest on on Huang? Do we think I know you said he might be, be available? Do you feel that there might be precautions, maybe have him on the bench though? Yeah, the problem with Huang is that he, he's been here before, hasn't he? Where he's had injury issues, and yes, obviously this one is not. Um, it, well, their their cautious approach in taking him off seems to have paid off um, because he hasn't been injured for any period of time. If he is available for Palace, which we're told he is, um, I can see a world where they are slightly cautious with him only because he's been here before and had injuries before and it's been hamstrings before as well with him. So um, in that case, if, if if they choose not to start him or he isn't fit to start, then I would say maybe you get Srabia out wide. Um, otherwise, it's a world where eight Norway plays out wide and Bueno comes into left mm. back. I mean, that's another opportunity as well. So it is. there is a few different chan- you know, a few different things o- O'Neill could do. But if I'm being honest, I think regardless of what he chooses... And who he chooses, I think Fabio and Cunha both start, regardless. I think they both okay. start. Yeah. Do you um, do you think that Kalajic, of course, played and and you know scored two in two now, will be benched for a while, or can you see him pushing someone? It would need a bit of a bit of a change in system, I guess, from Gary O'Neill. But can you see him pushing the likes of Fabio sooner rather than later? Or do you feel it's a while off him starting a Premier League game? No, I think he's. A, I think he'd be available to start if 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 that's um, what O'Neill felt felt was the right idea for for the the tactics. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just double checking now. How many minutes he played against Blackpool? Do you know off the top of your head? I've got I've got it now anyway. I so it's all good. Is it sixty-ish, sixty-two. So okay. that that's in line really with what I was going to say because um, I think you're looking at him getting to the seventy mark and probably mm. needing to come off even yeah. at this stage because he's still sure. he's no, still working there. Uh, working to get to that that point, so um, I think if I like gonna... a collage at Palace, but then I guess I can come off the bench as well. So it's... yeah, yeah, I like him either, either way. To be honest, I think uh, if you're going to do that, you have to have a plan B because he's probably going to need to come off. But mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely believe that O'Neill is prepared to start him if he, if he thinks it's tactically the right decision. Yeah, I'm not convinced it will be this Sunday. I think we'll see it further down the line. But um, it will surprise you when I say that I've been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> You're never wrong in my eyes. You're never wrong in my eyes. Too right. um, predictions then. Who are we going to go with? Well, we both got it right, didn't we? Yes, we did. Hence why I'm giving a kettle and toaster out for the winner of this. Whoever comes, whoever, whoever gets published here, because I forgot to, I forgot to say the winner beforehand. So someone's winning 
uh, a kettle and toaster for free in a minute when I launch this and find out what time someone's guessed when this podcast is going to go, which I assume at this moment in time is probably going to be closer to just before 11 o'clock, so we shall see. Kellentoastman.co.uk as well, of course, our beautiful sponsors. And no, I'm paying for this out of my own pocket. This isn't someone that's given to me. Um, I'm going to be paying for this. What a guy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's on me. I'm, I'm going to be giving someone guesses and guess the actual time. Then they have won. They have won, baby. So good luck. So are, you, are we going with my prediction or yours for the comp? Um, we'll go with yours for the comp because I'm just delighted you're back. Oh, um, and I was just in that happy mood, not only for... Uh, the lads um, who finished uh, the documentary, hopefully, with Kalajic, but also uh, the fact that um, my barbecue that I um, uh, <laughs> offered uh, got, got a little bit... The chef just... I said, chef, just, 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 just wait a minute. Just wait, OK? We've got three points on the board. The glob... We moved up the glob a little bit. The glob mini-league. So just just hang fire on those sausages for a while. So I was, I was, I was quite happy on, uh, on Saturday night, as you can imagine. I'm sure well, you were. Well, Crystal Palace won, Wolverhampton Wanderers won. Oh, you've gone for it. Gone for it. Right, I'm going to go for, for the, the win. For the win. Competition time. We're going to give away... We'll give away a... We'll give away another Kellen Toaster. So two Kellen Toasters. Kellen Toaster is someone who's going to win this and a Kellen Toaster of their choosing up to RRP... 50... 60 quid. Let's give them 60 quid. Let's give them 60 quid. Um... On Liam Keane's score. I'm going to go for a Desmond. Desmond? You love a Desmond? Love a Desmond. You love a bit of 2-2. Love a Desmond. Ah. 2-2. 2-2, baby. Four-goal thriller. Four-goal thriller. You're going to tweet it with the scorers? (laughs) Not not a chance. (laughs) Um... Mate, it's been a pleasure. We've got uh, 35 minutes before Deadland Die closes. Hopefully we'll be able to announce a signing. We'll see a, a beautiful new Frenchman in the colours of Wolverhampton Wanderers. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sorry we're a little bit frantic with with this going on, but I thought we'd, uh, we'd bring you it as, as, as soon as we can. Look, um, you know, just because this palace doesn't mean that this is going to be old news with with deadline coming up next week and you know international break coming up, This uh, you can play this for, for a couple of weeks to you know, chat about the signings and what our thoughts are. I'm sure this won't go out of date uh, for a while soon. And we will be back next week, of course, with our another podcast um, and we'll be previewing the game against Liverpool. But yeah, international break, we don't like them. We don't like any more. We like football, football, football. Kino, um, I'm looking forward to some dinner after this because I'm absolutely starving. And um, and it's just, uh, I'm just looking forward to giving you a, a kiss and a hug and that I get to work with you again on Sunday. That is a scary thought. It is. Many people would pay for that, but not you. Uh, fingers crossed three points of the weekend from me from Keno have a great weekend we'll see you Sellers Park two o'clock Sunday take care happy deadline day bye bye better retreat cause we're on the attack the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack we're Wolverhampton we're on our way back